ஜாஹிலூன most respected brothers and elders mothers and sisters some days back we were discussing the qualities of the ibadur rahman the special servants of allah taala who allah taala has praised so greatly in the quran sharif and called him and called them his servants his special slaves so these ibadur rahman the primary thing about them is obviously that they are people of taqwa because nobody will get close to allah taala without taqwa in awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqun allah taala has spelled that out already in the quran sharif that the friends of allah taala are only the muttaqun only those who have taqwa in their lives minus taqwa a person can have many other things but without taqwa he is not going to get close to allah taala the person is living a life of sin and simultaneously doing some good actions also but in the light of the quran sharif such a person is not the friend of allah taala and it is a friend that is close one who is not a friend is not close not close so to get close to allah taala the primary thing is taqwa and this mubarak month of ramadan which was expected perhaps it would have started today but allah taala has given us one more day to prepare properly mentally spiritually emotionally so that when the mubarak month commences we don't waste a single moment as discussed yesterday that we should program ourselves and it would be even better if we sit down and write down the program write down the time table for the day starting off with inshallah tahajjud and some time for dua and then sahri and then perhaps some tasbihat zikr till fajr and after fajr and after fajr some tilawat and then maybe ishraq salah or somebody is tired they will go to bed earlier go to sleep and rest for a while but then wake up and salatul duha and some tilawat and then whatever chores whatever work has to be fulfilled and whatever other requirements and necessities have to be taken care of but during all that time also the sun can be kept moist with the remembrance of allah taala with the tasbihat and zikr that has been highly prescribed among the things that we have to do excessively what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has advised us that two things to do excessively to recite la ilaha illallah and to recite istighfar to make istighfar astaghfirullah and two things to seek allah taala's to beg allah taala for to beg allah taala for jannat and to beg allah taala for safety from jahannam so many akabir used to have this mamul of reciting la ilaha illallah nastaghfirullah nas'alullah aljanna wa na'udhu billahi minan nar 
that all these four aspects are now covered in this one line. And repeatedly, so throughout the day, while the person is busy with some chore, some work, on some errand, this is very easy to be continuously engaged in. Every now and again, that keep the tongue moist in this. And apart from this, Duru Sharif, to recite as much as possible Duru Sharif, and whatever other tasbihat and zikr, this is over and above the minimum amounts of zikr that we should target. That we should set aside time to recite maybe hundred times La ilaha illallah, hundred times istighfar, hundred times Duru Sharif, hundred times the third kalima. So that should so that should so that should be fixed at different times, at some time some zikr, sometimes some tasbih. Over and above that, keeping the tongue moist in this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So programming ourselves for the whole entire day. When a person will program themselves, inshallah, a lot will get done. And if we don't program ourselves, then not even half of what we can manage to do, what is within our capacity, not even half of that will get done. Not even a quarter. So we program ourselves and we try to target to fulfill that program with at least some minimum amount of tilawat daily, minimum amount of tasbihat, zikr, even to allocate some time at different times of the day, some three minute slot, sometime in the morning, for muraqaba of moth, to meditate over one's own death, that the time of my death has come, and what is now taking place, what are the various situations that are going through, and to visualize all the scenes of death, and what happens immediately after death, in terms of the person being given ghusl, and then lying there in the kafan, and then now the janaza salah being performed, and then being lowered into the grave, and now the questioning of the grave, and then the questioning on the day of Qiyamah, to visualize this, and then turn to Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, you've still given me a chance, I still have life, I'm going to now dedicate this life to you, and I'm making toba from all sins, and to genuinely make toba, that is the requirement, to get taqwa, toba is step number one, so to program ourselves and in this way inshallah we'll become muttaqi also if we make sincere tawbah and we keep turning to Allah Ta'ala and doing the righteous actions, staying away from sin then inshallah we'll become muttaqi. And the person who becomes muttaqi that is the person who is the friend of Allah Ta'ala and such a person is the person who is very close to Allah Ta'ala. This is the starting point for the Ibadur Rahman. So in any case, we are aspiring to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. This Mubarak month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala has given us, let us appreciate it. it let us not waste time in idle, talk, in idle talk. And unfortunately, very often, that idle talk slips into ghibat. As a result, we destroy our fast, we destroy our ibadat, and we pass on all the blessings of that fast and the other ibadat to others. So what good did we do for ourselves? And then we always have some kind of explanation, some ta'wil, some interpretation, some way of wishing it away, some excuse of what we said. We try to cover it up in some way, try to just uh, make it sound like it's not what it seems to be. It's not really that, it's not really he, but something or the other, some excuse. But these excuses are not going to hold in the court of Allah Ta'ala. These excuses are not going to hold in the qabr. 
on the day of Qiyamah, these excuses are not going to be of any value to us or any use to us. So let us be very conscious of this and avoid any kind of evil talk, any kind of wrong talk. We be happy, be cheerful, but we don't waste our time. Whatever time is required for resting, we do take that rest. Whatever other needs and necessities are there, we take care of it. But we try to maximize the time in ibadat, in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, in khidmat, in works of deen. This is going to make our our Ramadan very valuable. So, coming back to the topic we were discussing, we were discussing the Ibadur Rahman. And the Ibadur Rahman are the special servants of Allah Ta'ala. So, the first thing in their lives is this taqwa. And then together with taqwa, there are certain highlights. Allah Ta'ala is giving us the highlights of the Ibadur Rahman. And what is the purpose of this or the message in it? The message is that if you want to become among the Ibadur Rahman, you too want to become among the special servants of Allah Ta'ala and His special slaves, then you also develop these qualities. Develop these qualities in your life and you too will fall in this category. You too will be counted among this very special group, the Ibadur Rahman. In this, the first thing that was discussed already, just to very quickly recap, that the first thing that was discussed was, Ibadur Rahman الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا That they are people of humility, genuine humility. Humility is primarily if a condition of the heart, and it is then manifested in every aspect of the person. It is a condition of the heart that inside and within one, one genuinely believes I am nobody, I am nothing. So initially, this will be perhaps just a thing that we will repeat with our tongues to remind ourselves, or we will just say to ourselves, maybe the heart will not conform to it, but when we will consciously start humbling ourselves, we are saying it also, that I am nobody, I am nothing, within ourselves, not just to make a pretense of it to others, we are reminding ourselves, so we are reminding ourselves, but the heart is not yet accepting it, but we are telling ourselves, that I am nobody, I am nothing, and then we conduct ourselves, even by forcing ourselves, to conduct ourselves in a humble manner, wherever the situation requires something to humble ourselves, we humble ourselves, so initially it will be a kind of, forced situation that we forcing this upon ourselves there will be some takalluf in it it won't be a voluntary situation but in time when one continues in this way then this humility will become one's first nature then how one speaks how one walks how one does other day to day things how one deals with others all this will show the humility. Humility does not mean that a person will not fulfill their responsibilities. For example, a parent, a parent has a responsibility to their children and one of the responsibilities is, responsibilities is that they should give them the proper nurturing and tarbiya. This requires sometimes that they be disciplined, that appropriate uh, steps be taken to discipline them. So obviously, 
that requires sometimes to be a little firm, to speak in a little firm manner, all this becomes necessary. But, so humility is not contradictory to disciplining a child within the limits. Or a teacher has to discipline their students. So within the proper Shari limits, humility is not contradictory to this. As one Alim put it in this manner, Allah Ta'ala filled his qabr with nur, passed away some months back. So, he used to put it in a little bit of a different way, very jovial person he was, and he used to say it in this manner, that it doesn't mean that to be, hum- to be humble, humble, you don't have to mumble. And it doesn't mean that if you are loud, you are proud. Only somebody, only somebody is naturally loud, so that natural loud doesn't mean the person is also proud, and doesn't mean that if a person is wanting to be humble, then they must mumble. No, these two things are not hand in hand. It's not necessary. So, 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 the person will sometimes need to be firm, need to set some rules. All this is not against humility. But humility is that within the heart, at that time also, a person believes, I am nobody. Many, many people would come to him for their Islam. And he was very firm in how he uh, dealt with the situation. He used to even say that if a person has just come as a friend, just come to visit, I will tolerate anything from him. Whatever it comes, I will tolerate it. I won't make anything an issue. Meaning the person didn't speak correctly, meaning in a, without the proper respect and etiquette, the person uh, did things which were not in order, obviously not out of the line of shariat, but not in keeping with how a person should not generally conduct himself, the person is doing things which are not really the way it should be, etc., whatever it is. And if it becomes even a situation, the person is giving some taklif without realizing it, I won't take any offense to it, I will just let it pass. Because the person has come as a friend, or he's come just as a visitor, so just as a visitor, fine. But if a person has come for his islah, then I will not let one single, will not let one single, will not let one single thing go past. I will not allow a single thing to go past. And I will take notice of everything. And I will take him to task for everything. And he used to do this. People would come and he would put them through the paces. One person one day was in the Khanqa and there weren't many people in the masjid at that time or it was the courtyard of the masjid. So there were people sitting aside here, there, and one person who was sitting there was busy with his tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. So another person, also who was in the Khanqa, he happened to then come in. So now it was probably the individual, time for individual uh, ibadat, etc. So he came and sat very close to this person that was already busy with his tilawat somewhere. So Tamir Ahmadullah was sitting somewhere on one end, and he observed this. So he immediately called that person, the person who came in now, he called him and he asked him that the masjid is quite empty, meaning this courtyard or masjid, whatever it might have been, it's not packed to capacity, it's quite quite a bit of space everywhere. Uh, you went and sat right next to that person, very close to him. Why? 
So he didn't have any answer. He didn't say anything. So he says that now there's a question now, and a question is being asked. So you, the right thing is you must say something. You must give an answer. So he says, no, I didn't have any reason for doing that. So he says, is this sensible? Did this not disturb that person's concentration, that person's uh, attention? That now when the place is empty and somebody comes and sits close by, it's obviously going to disturb the person's attention. Now that why this person came and sat so close here? So now he's continuing with his tilawat, he's continuing with his zikr, but at the same time he's not in time, he's not in time, he's not completely at ease because he doesn't know this person is waiting for him, this person wants to say something, or if not, then what's the purpose of him coming so close when there's so much of space around? What is that was the only space available is understood. Nobody will have any question about it. It won't cross anybody's mind that what's the reason for coming here. It's obvious, it's the only place available. But now that there's ample space, and despite there being ample space, he came and sat so close, so now he's going to disturb the whole uh, rhythm of the person's work, because now he's going to be worrying what's going on here. So Tanir Rahmatullah immediately called now, and he asked the question. He says, no, I had no, no, no reason for it. So he says, now this is obviously not in order, that this now caused taklif, it caused disturbance for this person. Now this is how careful they were about every minute aspect that will cause any taklif, any difficulty, any disturbance to anybody else. Hazrat Ali in particular used to say that if you want to, he used to say it in order to just drive the point that you want to become a buzruk, go somewhere else. You want to become insan, then come here. Obviously become a buzruk was in the light of what people regarded to be a buzruk. That in the minds of people, being a buzruk means that you are only very, very concerned about a lot of wazayif, a lot of uh, extra amal, nawafil, etc. But without any care about hukukul ibad, about the rights of people, about correcting your akhlaq, about fulfilling that muasharat and social life, the etiquettes of it correctly. That is relegated, that is something ignored or given very scant regard, not really given any due importance. Now the person is very, very elated about themselves that I am a buzrug. So now he says, you want to become a buzrug, you go somebody else, somewhere else. You want to become insan, you come here. What he meant to highlight is that this is the real Islam. That a person becomes insan in reality. That kind of insan which Rasulullah sallallahu taught, which he lived and displayed. And the primary thing in the whole department of Mu'asharat, this whole department of Deen, which is known as Mu'asharat, social life, the underlying issue in there and the most important factor in there is that nobody is given any undue difficulty. So therefore the Tamil called him, that now what you did now, you caused this taklif to the person, so was this correct? He said, no, it's not correct. So if something was done which is not correct, then what should happen? So he's saying, well, it should be corrected. But then together with just correcting it, when somebody has submitted himself for his Islam, what should happen? Now he's asking him the question to make him think. So he says, well, then he should be disciplined. So he says, well, what should be the disciplining method here? What should be the uh, penalty of some sort that makes the person remember this? That this is never to be done again. So he says, well, whatever you decide for me, 
says that you did the problem and now you're putting the burden of that on my head that I should decide for you. So you think about it, what will be suitable. So now he thought of something but that was not really going to be of any real benefit to him or it was something beyond him. Eventually after thinking about it, then he said, okay, I will have to leave the khamka. So he said, now you're thinking. Now you are thinking. So he said, okay, you're going to leave the khanka, you're here now, you have come here for whatever duration of time. So he had so he had come maybe up front for 40 days, or he had come for 4 months. Now he was well before the time. So it meant that you're going to leave the khanka, but go where? So he took the name of some place close, not, not very close by, but some place, Lohari. So now this was in Thanabon, and Lohari was a place now a little distance away. So he asked him, but you're going to go to Lohari and do what there? Who's there? So then he suggested to him, now this is the whole point here, that he's being so firm in the situation. But that firmness was not for any personal emotion. It wasn't out of any anger. It wasn't out of just some revenge. What revenge here? What anger? So he says, okay, you leave the Hanka. What you're doing is, now you're thinking this is the way to now go about it. But what you do is you go away to Jalalabad, which was, it's actually like a walking distance away. You go away, you go away there, and at that time, Hazrat Masihullah Khan Sahib, was Hazrat Khalifa as well, he was there. He's there, he'll take care of you there. Now he's making the arrangements for his taking care of him also. He is actually, in a way, suspending him from the Khanqa. He's suspending him, but at the same time, he's making arrangements for his being taken care of, so that he's not in a difficulty. So now when he will go there, he will explain what happened, and Hazrat Muhammad would understand immediately what's the position, and he will take care of the situation. So this person finally left and he went there. So now when he went there, he explained why I've come here. So Hazrat Muhammad took him in, and then he advised him, this is how you go about it now. You write a letter of apology and apologize that, look, I, I made a mistake and I won't repeat this mistake. So he wrote this from there, and one letter, the second letter, I said, very well, all, all forgiven, come back. Now, this was a very high level of firmness. This wasn't a, just a very casual manner of handling it, that okay, or just a small reprimand, that look, don't do this again. This was like a strong step. This was a fairly strong step. But that fairly strong step was filled with love and love and affection. But it was taken as a responsibility because there was a responsibility. But at the same time, now this was one part of it. Actually what the point was meant to be said is actually this. But to understand this point, this was said first. This whole example came in, Allah put in the heart now, was the point that was being made and meant is to be understood is the Tanvi Rahmatullah he used to himself say that when I discipline somebody at that time my heart is trembling he's taking such strong action suspending a person from the Khanqa so this is just one example like this there are many many examples where he was very firm in how he dealt with any uh, infringement of the rules in terms of the Mu'asharat any giving anybody taklif, doing things which shouldn't have happened. So he was very firm on this. But at the same time, he says, when I discipline somebody, 
and I sometimes give some kind of penalty to someone, etc., my heart is trembling. Because I regard the situation like this, that for example, the prince, now the prince, he did something which was out of line. So the king got upset. And the king called one ordinary worker in the palace. An ordinary worker, maybe he's just a cleaner or something. And the king said, look, I'm very upset with the prince. You take this whoop and give him six lashes. Now that ordinary worker, 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 he is now being tasked with this. And he has been given the instruction that you give the prince six lashes. So he's going to have to do it now because the king has commanded him. But when he starts lashing that prince, he'll be trembling more than anything else. And I hope I don't overdo it. I hope I do it exactly as required. After all, he's the prince. And if I just overstep the mark in what I do, forget the prince's punishment will get left one side. I'll get caught. I'll get taken to task because after all, he's the prince. Yes, whatever the king got upset with him, but I still am just an ordinary worker here. He's the prince. Subhanallah, this actually shows the humility that that firm action that he took was not because he felt he was better, though he was a very great person. And who could think about themselves in that time and now that we can come anywhere close to his level? But this was that inner humility which made him tremble at that time. That I must not overstep the mark. This is for this person's benefit, for his well-being, for his progress. So I have to do what I have to do. But that should not be in a way that I overstep the mark. Now the same thing applies in terms of children, in terms of one's student, in terms of one's servants, in terms of one's workers. The person sometimes will have to maybe even uh, discipline somebody or take somebody to account for something that was done. But never ever forget that we are the humble slaves of Allah Ta'ala. And if we cross the line, today we taking somebody else to task, tomorrow we will be in the court of Allah Ta'ala. And we will get taken to task. Once Rasulullah Sallallahu was passing somewhere, one person was beating his slave. Those days, people owned the slaves, and slaves were their property. So now, it was from the time of Jahiliyyat that this was the case, that people were, used to treat slaves very badly. So now, some people had just very recently accepted Islam. So they were gradually learning all this. That what uh, respect and honor Islam gave even to the slaves is. And Islam set the foundation for the freeing of slaves. That you made this that you made this mistake, you give this kafara. The kafara, you free on slave. You did, did that, you free a slave. So many things free a slave. And such great rewards for just freeing a slave for nothing. Just for free freeing a slave, such a great reward. So this served as a motivation for people to start freeing their slaves. So in any case, Rasulullah passed by and he saw this person, beat, person beating that slave. Nabi addressed him and said to him, لَاللَّهُ أَقْدَرُ عَلَيْكَ مِمَّا Allah Ta'ala has greater power over you than the power you have over him, over that slave. You appear to have power over him, over your slave, 
you appear to have authority over your slave, but remember Allah Ta'ala has much greater power. Allah Ta'ala's power is unlimited. Allah Ta'ala has greater power over you. So don't think you're going to get away with this. You are going to be taken to task as well. This person got a shock, shock, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, I free the slave for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. I free the slave for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Salaam says to him that had you not done this, you would not have got saved from the consequences of your action. What you were doing was very wrong. But this was the quality of the Sahaba. One slightest indication regarding the mistake they made and they immediately understood what should be done, how to make amends and that was it. That was their learning curve got done right there. Our learning curve just doesn't finish off. We're still learning and learning, meaning the same mistake. The same mistake 10 times, 50 times, 100 times. The same uh, deficiency in our amal, the same haphazardness in our salah, the same manner in which we deal with people, the same infringements in terms of terms of muamalat and muasharat, the same lack of care in our akhlaq. That same, that curve is, that learning curve is never even starting yet. But the Sahaba one time, Nabi Wasallam taught them this is the correct thing to do, this is the wrong thing to do, so therefore leave the wrong and do what is correct. But the Sahaba Rahim were there and immediately they latched onto the teachings of Rasulullah Wasallam and made amends for their wrong. So in any case, this was that humility that despite having to discipline someone, but not forgetting that I am just a humble slave of Allah Ta'ala. And together with that, these personalities, they genuinely believed, as Tamil Rahmatullah used to say, this is my daily ma'mool, my daily practice. We think that we recited some tasbihat, so it has now perfected us. No, the tasbihat, mashallah, is extremely great. But together with the tasbihat, there's much more to do as well to acquire this islah, to develop this humility. So, among the things he used to say was that I daily, formally, meaning consciously, remind myself that presently, meaning like a person talking to himself, within himself, he's talking to himself. This is what muraqaba is all about. So I remind myself that, oh, Ashraf Ali, you are, the, you are the lowest of every Muslim at this moment. Muslim at this moment. Every Muslim at this moment, you are the lowest of all. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala is blessed with Iman. But I am the lowest Muslim. Now sometimes a person might wonder, the person might wonder, but how does this happen? The person who is saying it, he is, mashallah, so conscious of deen, so pious, and there are people out there who are, out there who are, out there who are, in all kinds of sin, they have iman, mashallah, alhamdulillah, but at the same time involved in so much of sin, how can a person say that I am the lowest of every Muslim? The issue is that in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, what is somebody's position, we don't know. Sometimes we think good about ourselves, but as a result of some pride, some arrogance, or some other deficiency that we have in our, have in our mu'amalat maybe, in our mu'asharat and social life, in our akhlaq, we don't know where we are really. We might be thinking good of ourselves, but we really don't know where we are. Therefore we have to keep checking and asking ourselves that, that where am I? And when somebody praises us sometimes on something, to immediately bring this reality to mind, that really, where am I? Tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah, if I am questioned, will I come out so great, like people think of me, and what people praise me to be? Or, where do I really stand? 
if all my deficiencies are brought to the fore, where will I be? So, we don't know what's the position about ourselves. And at the same time, the other person, the sin is a sin, the wrong is a wrong. We can never condone the wrong for one moment. We can never say that, no, no, it's not a problem. It's a problem. It's a very big problem. But together with the situation being a very big problem, sometimes it happens that the person has some quality which becomes accepted in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala forgives his wrongs. Not that the wrong was right. But because of that some good, something he did sometimes, which was done with such sincerity that he got accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala. Or some other good he has in him, that Allah Ta'ala forgives his faults and takes him to a very high level. Now we don't know who's who. So therefore we cannot claim to be better than others. We can claim to be doing better actions than somebody else. But whether we are really better at the end of the day, at the end of the day we don't know. Because it's, that's what counts. Who passed on the day of Qiyamah? And who passed first? Who got 100%? Who got 90%? Who got 80%? We'll only know on that day. So he should remind himself, at the moment I am the lowest of every believer and as a possibility even lower than every disbeliever. Tomorrow that person could be blessed with Iman and where he could reach, I have no idea. So as a possibility, in the future, I am lower than every disbeliever also. So this was the extent of this humility, that while on the one side he is disciplining someone, very firmly also sometimes, but that firm disciplining was done with total humility, from within. Genuinely believing oneself to be nobody. And really those are the somebodies. The somebodies are those who truly believe within themselves they are nobody. And those who try to make themselves somebody, that they are in reality nobody. Try to project ourselves in some way, try to make ourselves look like somebody, try to imagine ourselves as somebody. So this is all chukbe jah. This is all the love of the ego. The love of the ego becomes a problem and it manifests itself in all these ways. So this humility is a very, very fundamental quality and this is what we have to make an effort to inculcate. This is the first aspect that is required for the Ibadur Rahman, for the person to become part of this great, uh, of these great servants of Allah Ta'ala, to become part of the Ibadur Rahman, that he inculcates this humility in his life. And as mentioned, this is primarily a condition of the heart. Then this will manifest itself in how a person speaks, how a person walks, how a person deals with others, how a person does general day-to-day -day things, that humility will show in everything. And all the time one will keep reminding oneself, I am nobody, I am nothing. And when they truly believe, and when we truly will believe that we are nobody and nothing, then the second quality that Allah Ta'ala mentioned, that, الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَوْبِهَوْنَا And then, وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا That when the ignorant start engaging them, then they say salam, meaning that they avoid that engagement of ignorance. They avoid that argument and quarrel and dispute. They nicely come out of it and they maintain the peace. Obviously, if somebody is doing something which is wrong in terms of shariat, then a person cannot be part of that in any way. And even if it is not something clearly impermissible, but is becoming a problem, is becoming an argument, is becoming a dispute, 
then a person will in a dignified manner make his way from there. Or he will just keep quiet and let it be. And if there is something to claim, he has some right due to him and he wants to claim that right by all means, but he'll do it in a dignified manner. He'll do it within the limits of Shariat. He will not forget that I will have to be also, I will also be called to take, to account for all these issues on the day of Qiyamah, how I conducted myself, what I said, how I said it. So it doesn't mean if somebody has been ignorant, then I too should do the same. I should do what is correct. And this is what takes a person very close to Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, these were things that were discussed already, or some of it was discussed previously, but Allah Ta'ala will there was something else that we planned to discuss, but this has come up again. In any case, these are very, very important factors, very important aspects. So whatever has come, Allah Ta'ala, make it a means of our benefit. Allah Ta'ala, grant me first and foremost the topic of bringing these lessons into my life. And at the same time, Allah Ta'ala, bless one and all, that Allah Ta'ala, grant us the topic to inculcate these beautiful qualities in our lives and become part of the Ibadur Rahman as we started off that we are on the eve of this very, very great month. Let us now start focusing our attention in this direction. We start programming ourselves, start setting up our tartib for the day, so that the time for ibadat is given its due importance. Among the times, generally for our sisters, one of the very important things are that often at the last minute, close to Maghrib time, close to Iftar time, now there's a flurry of activity in preparing the iftar, etc. We should program ourselves in such a way that at least the last 20-25 minutes minimum, everything is now complete before that, whatever preparations had to be done, everything is complete before that, that last 20-25 minutes at least is totally dedicated for dua, for some zikr, tasbihat, istighfar and dua especially. So we should program ourselves in such a way that the special times are not then occupied in a way that uh, we don't have the opportunity to now be making dua at that time. Likewise, for example, Sahri, we have either programmed ourselves in such a way that we gave ourselves sufficient time before the Sahri for some nawafil, for dua, or at least that the Sahri was then completed in such good time, though the mustahab is that the Sahri be delayed till the last possible time, meaning not in a way that it starts becoming doubtful. But towards the latter part of the night, <coughs> as close as possible to the end of the night, close as possible to Subha Sadiq, but without it becoming doubtful in any way. But if that's not going to be the case that uh, a person is going to manage to do things before Sahri, then try and finish Sahri in such good time that at least there's some time available then for two rakat nafil of tahajjud for some time in dua, that's the most special time of dua. And in any case, while going on with our chore at that time, with our preparations, etc., we can still be engaged in talking to Allah Ta'ala. Just talk to Allah Ta'ala from our heart. And at that time, that is absolutely easy and possible, There's, because nobody else wants to talk at that time too. Everybody is either uh, busy in some work of some sort, in some ibadat, etc., if somebody else is present also, at that time of the morning, nobody is interested in talking any stories. So we talk to Allah Ta'ala. And in any case, we should be avoiding talking stories, just random, uh, uh, idle talk, some talk of some nature, just to keep 
uh, whatever little bit necessary, or sometimes even some little bit of light-heartedness also, just to keep the mind and heart fresh for the purpose of getting back to our ibadat. So some little bit of light-hearted conversation with that niyat, within the limits of sharia. Minute, two minutes, few minutes, and done. Then a person gets back to their work. So that is with that niyat, that to sign in order, so, the point is that in that time also, we can merely, without disrupting any of the work that has to be done at that time, that work is continuing and our heart is talking to Allah Ta'ala. One is at that time, we keeping our heart engaged in zikr, some tilawad, some tasbihat, etc. Excellent, wonderful. And otherwise, just talking to Allah Ta'ala from the heart. Ya Allah, you grant me that taqwa that this month of Ramadan is all about. Ya Allah, you've given this month of Ramadan to acquire taqwa. Ya Allah, you bless me, bless my family, bless everyone with the tawfiq of conducting themselves in such a way that we all acquire this taqwa. Ya Allah, this taqwa requires that sincere tawbah be made. Ya Allah, I'm making sincere tawbah. Ya Allah, I have all these faults in my life. I'm doing this wrong, I'm doing that wrong. Ya Allah, you forgive me. I'm making tawbah. I'm going to make amends. I'm going to rectify this. What we normally describe as dua, the same thing, but talking directly to Allah Ta'ala from our heart. At that time, there might not even be any anything uttered with the tongue, with any lip movement. Just the heart is talking, and this too is a very, this is called muraqabai dua. One is, mashallah, a person has some time allocated for that, to be sitting properly with concentration, facing the qibla, and engaging even in this muraqabai dua. But together with that, just this time that is available while preparing the Sahri, Iftar, at other times, very easily, without any difficulty, keeping the heart talking to Allah Ta'ala. And how often this happens, a person meets somebody who is a complete stranger. Now the person uh, met for the first time, and just maybe just introduce one another, and don't have any idea now even what to speak, because now it's just total strangers, and some small talk, and done. But then they meet again, and then they end up meeting more often, and then they turn out that they are just, um, maybe the person is in the neighborhood, now they're meeting every now and again. Gradually that friendship builds up. But where that friendship built up from? Because every time they met, they spoke something. And the more they got speaking to each other, and now they're phoning each other and speaking on the phone, the more they spoke to each other, that bond built up. But if supposing every time they met, they sat quietly next to each other and moved on, then they're not going to become friends. Because they are still quiet. So, let us talk to Allah Ta'ala. Let us talk to Allah Ta'ala through this dua. And now we'll say that now, talking, conversation is a two-way traffic. So we are going to talk to Allah Ta'ala then. Yes, Allah Ta'ala also talks to His servant. But, it's not the way humans talk. Allah Ta'ala inspires the heart. Hazrat Khaja Azizul Hassan Majzub Rahmatullah his beautiful couplet, which he used to, while... Uh, making his zikr, he used to sometimes recite this. Tumsa koi hamdam koi dam saaz nahi, baate to hai har dam magar awaz nahi. That, Ya Allah, there's no companion like you. Every moment this conversation is going, going on, but just that there's no voice and there's no sound in this conversation. That from the side of Allah Ta'ala, there's no voice and sound that we will perceive but the conversation is there all the time. 
کسی اور کو یہ راز خبر نہیں ہے اللہ
with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin. And this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. So now in the month of Ramadan, we are, the opportunity is ideal. Let us fix this. As mentioned, create a program for ourselves. So create a slot for this. Fix the time. This time of the day or night, whichever time. Fix the slot after this salah or before this salah. Whatever time might be suitable. In this time slot, I'm going to be making the zikr of La ilaha illallah hundred times. So this great honor, this great blessing we will get on the day of Qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Recite Guru Chukri. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا 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 إله إلا الله 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 
والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل اسم والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل اسم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا همبا إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم هدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت إله العالمين يا الله وموس موسف الموس غريشيس موس خائن موس لبيك الله إله العالمين يا الله out of your fuzzle out of your karam إله العالمين forgive us يا الله إله العالمين we don't deserve anything يا الله but you are most merciful يا الله you are most kind يا الله you are most compassionate يا الله you are most forgiving يا الله يا الله you love forgiving يا الله إله العالمين your forgiveness is for sinners يا الله إله العالمين forgive us يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم يا الله شوى يا مغفرة الله أمتي الله شوى يا رحمة الله أمتي الله Remove the pain and suffering of the Ummati Allah. Remove the hardships and difficulties of the Ummati Allah. Allah, remove the difficulties from the entire humanity, humanity Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Remove all the viruses and sicknesses, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant one and all afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Open out the doors of deen for us, Ya Allah. Open the doors for Basadid, Ya Allah. إله العالمين open the doors of the مدارس يا الله open the doors of the خانقاز يا الله open the doors of دعوة التبليغ يا الله إله العالمين open the doors of all the work of deen that was taking place يا الله إله العالمين يا الله إله العالمين do not deprive us يا الله إله العالمين يا الله grant us عافيتي نو الدنيا إزولي يا الله إله العالمين protect each each person's إيمان أعمال each person's life wealth and honor يا الله إله العالمين يا الله protect each one's إزدت يا الله grant عافيت one and all يا الله إله العالمين grant halal and tayyib risk in abundance to one and all, Ya Allah. إله العالمين save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. إله العالمين, Ya Allah, enable us to dedicate ourselves correctly in this Mubarak month, Ya Allah. Enable us to dedicate ourselves in such a way that you become pleased, Ya Allah. Allah, bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. إله العالمين, Ya Allah, if this month of Ramadan comes and goes, and we haven't yet acquired the wealth of taqwa, and we didn't gain our forgiveness, Ilahul Alameen will become the victims of the curse of Jibreel, Salatu Wasalam. Ilahul Alameen, what can be then left for our destruction, Ya Allah? Ilahul Alameen, you save us, Ya Allah. You protect us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us a tawfiq of conducting ourselves correctly, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to make tawbah from every sin, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on the tawbah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Remove all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-Alameen, Ya Allah, unite the entire ummah on haq, Ya Allah. Unite the entire ummah on haq, Ya Allah. Unite the entire ummah on what you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-Alameen, remove the dissensions from the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-Alameen, unite the ummah on what you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-Alameen, guide us to your pleasure at all times, Ya Allah. Guide us to your pleasure, Ya Allah. Save us from everything that will earn your displeasure, Ya Allah. 
ilahul alamin ya allah you protect us ya allah protect our families ya allah protect our friends and relatives ya allah grant each one ya allah your muhabbat ya allah grant each one your muhabbat ya allah ilahul alamin protect the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin all those who are sick give them shifaa kamila ajila mustabirra daima allah remove every trace of their ailments ya allah ilahul alamin whatever difficulties and hardships anyone is in allah remove it with afiyat ya allah Allah, remove all the financial difficulties with afiyat, ya Allah. Grant barakat to each one, ya Allah. Those who are in debts, ya Allah, make it easy for, him, for them to overcome those debts, ya Allah. Make the easy payment of their debts, ya Allah. Make the payment of their debts very easy for them, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, grant halal and tayyib risk in abundance to each one, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, keep us forever focused to you, ya Allah. Risk that comes from you alone, ya Allah. Enable us to be forever conscious of this, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, whatever anxiety, worry, tension, depression, anyone is suffering, Allah, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Grant sukoon to the hearts, ya Allah. Grant itminan to the hearts, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, unite the homes, ya Allah. Unite the people of the homes, ya Allah. Unite the homes, the, the hearts of spouses, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from our families throughout the Ummah, Ya Allah, fill their qabars with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, when our time comes also, take us with La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on imane kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at a time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Allah, give us a death on Kamil Iman, Ya Allah. Allah, give us a beautiful death, Ya Allah. Make our death that moment at that time, Ya Allah, which becomes the best moment of our lives, Ya Allah. Where you are pleased with us, Ya Allah. We are, we are happy to meet you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Make our covered gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us a death of Shahadat, Ya Allah. Allahumma zuqna shahadatan fi sabidik. Waj'al mawtana bi maladi habibika sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Allah, fulfill each one's guys needs from the ghaib, Ya Allah. Allah, your unlimited treasures, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, if you give every single person what each one is asking for also, Ilahul Alameen, it won't cause any lessening in your treasures to the extent of one iota also, Ya Allah. One atom's extent of any lessening won't come in, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fulfill the jai's needs of every single person, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fulfill the pious aspirations of all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka la'afwa wa la'afiyah. Allahumma inna nasaluka la'afwa wa la'afiyah. اللهم إنا نسلك العفة والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه الجمعين الحمد لله رب العالمين